Good afternoon, Garage Logicians. It's Reavers back here in the Garage Logic Podcast Studios. And yes, today is a best of Garage Logic. And we're going to go in the way back machine. I dug deep into the archives for this one. We're going to go back to 2002. I hope you enjoy the best of Garage Logic. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the fireworks commissioner of Garage Logic, Joe Souchere. You know why I went with fireworks commissioner? Because it's hot, hot, hot. <laughs> All right, Buster Poindexter. Are you Good afternoon. feeling hot, hot, hot? No. Good afternoon. I feel fine. Good afternoon. It's 47 degrees in the metropolitan no, area. No, I feel fine. I didn't mean do you have a fever. I meant do you feel hot, 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 you know, hot. I, Woo! I thought you meant was I physically feeling hot. No, you look fine. Felt warm. Yeah. Feel cool. <laughs> and, uh All right. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, we're Minnesotans. We are, uh, we're all uh, uh, gleeful. Uh, We're uh, running pictures in the newspapers of people wearing shorts. There was a picture of a South High School gal cross-country skiing, and she had on a, uh, you know, a summer tube top thing. Uh... Car windows are down, and we're all feigning a kind of uh, euphoria. That's not the same as uh, euphorian. All right, clarification. We're we're feigning a kind of euphoria about this, and uh, I uh, I detect a note of uh, of caution here. Uh, You know, we're Minnesotans. We uh, we. We need to sacrifice first. We we need to wear the hair shirt. That's just our nature. And uh, to have what essentially is a series of late March days, or even early April, is a little uh, is a little off putting because we're we're trying to pretend that. See, here's the problem. We haven't experienced any weather yet that would cause us to believe that we deserve this. This is a January thaw in which there's been nothing to thaw. Now, I'm not going to uh, go on about the weather here because there isn't much weather to speak of. Right. It's sunny and warm. But uh, I'm just putting into perspective a true garage logician. uh, 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 I'm putting it into context. We have uh, sacrificed nothing. We have not paid any dues. We right. have not paying the dues. We That's... have not suffered. We have not been frostbit un mm-hmm. yet. So to say, oh boy, uh, what a relief or something like that. I, I think we're uh, I think we're fooling ourselves. Mm-hmm. So plus, you know, let's throw those winter sport people and winter. Uh... Snowmobile, snow thrower people a bone. Let's have some snow. Well that's that's not only a that's not only correct, but it also it also raises the idea, look, we signed on for winter. I mean that's we live here. Mm-hmm. That's part of the deal. Right. Uh the game has always been to grouse about it and, and it's too long and this and that and the other thing. But let's have it's let's let's go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Let's either have it or not have it. All right. Because this isn't, you know, this is nice, but if we're not going to have winter, it could be a lot nicer than this. <laughs> right. Right? Right. 
Hey, I got a question for you. You go right ahead. Maybe you can answer it. Maybe you can't. I bet I can. The, our, back, bet? our back. Our back. Yes, yes, I do. Because I don't know if you can answer well, this. I think one. I will. I'll bet you a dollar. You're but on. I want you to have the answer. I'm rooting for you. All right. The backyard. Backyard. It's a mud pit. Mud pit. Half of it. I need to get a snow fence. Can you buy a snow fence at Menards? Of course. Or Home Depot or my local hardware store? Give me the store? buck. Of course. How do you know? <laughs> I think I'd like a little verification. No. You ask me, I'm answering. You wanted an answer? That's my answer. Now, let me ask you a question. I guess question. I owe you a buck for crying Let out. me ask you a question. Yeah, here comes the buck. What would a snow fence do to prevent mud? No, no. When we let the mud out. Did you say mud or mutt? Mud. Mud. When we let the mud. Oh, you're just trying to secure an area to keep the dog out of? Yeah. Well, for Pete's sake. No. You haven't seen the backyard in the winter. Let me tell you what you ought to do. What? You ought put, to get rid of the dog. Put the mud down. Yeah. Oh, he's a good pup. I oh, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Why don't you consider one of those uh, oh, wireless perimeter? No, deals? we already got a fence. I got a beaut- I got a great fence in the backyard. But there's an area of mud you'd like to keep the dog out of. Yeah, because there's think- another way a lot of dog owners would go about it. Huh. Training. <laughs> no, no, you let him out in the backyard and he can frolic. Yeah, it's been fine up until now because it's so. But you say, hey, Fritzy. Yeah. You're going to frolic everywhere but this area. Right. Over there. Over here. Well, I no, I, I'm sure you could buy something. You don't even need something as elaborate or as big as snow fence. Can't you get by with uh, uh, fake the dog out and put a clothesline around it or something? <laughs> oh, really? They'll stop and they'll think, what's this? Right. And then they'll start chewing and going, mm, it's good. All right. Does I the, like it. Does the dog have any discipline at all? Yeah, he's a good disciplined dog. No, no, I didn't ask if he was a he good He will dog. sit. He will shake. He's still a little puppy, so he will want to jump up on you. Not on you, but, I mean, you know, he's a playful dog. Very good with the kids. You know, I lose a kid every two weeks. It's no big deal. The best post-Denny Green firing story. Is? I have it. All right. Here's your buck. Well, uh, don't pay me until you... uh... All right. Give me the Denny Green, though. Well, I don't know if people heard this. Uh, I heard it. Let's see. This is Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday the uh, 9th. I heard Harris Faulkner, who has been uh, Randy Myers' uh, anchorette here the last few nights or mm-hmm. last few weeks or mm-hmm. whatever, because uh, uh, Julie Julie Julie, uh, Beth. Julie Nelson yep. is a new mom, and she's at home and whatever. And uh, among the uh, anchor woman at, at 10 on Channel 5, among them has been Harris Faulkner. In any event, during the Monday night football game, I heard Harris Faulkner tease a story uh, that I never did see because I didn't make it to the end of the game and therefore I didn't make the newscast. But the story she was teasing, and I'm paraphrasing paraphrasing her, said something to the effect, radio hosts in trouble over alleged racial remarks about Denny Green. Remember that? Yes, Remember her, her teasing that? On yeah, the, during I think a, they said local. local yeah, and radio. I thought, I too thought she said local radio hosts uh, in trouble over uh, alleged uh, racial remarks regarding mm-hmm. the firing of Denny Green, and I, I thought, uh, man, I gotta, I gotta stay up, I gotta see that, and, and I didn't. I went to bed. <laughs> couldn't make it. Could you? I couldn't make it. <laughs> and then I, uh, the next day, found in the newspaper what she apparently was referring to, mm-hmm. 
and it turns out it wasn't local at all. It was a it's a syndicated show on the ESPN network, right? Uh, hosted by Tony Kornheiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Kornheiser, uh, last I knew, worked for the Washington Post and might still, but he has some uh, radio show. Johnny says he does. Johnny says still he works, works for the Post. Washington Post. Uh, he co-hosts a program on ESPN television. Uh, let's see. So what? So this was on ESPN radio. Anyway, here's the story. Because there's been the uh, there's been this preposterous attempt here to uh, uh, suggest that somehow there was a racial motivation. Right. In uh, in Denny uh, walking away with five and a half million dollars after being here for 10 years. So and that's and that's never uh, caught any purchase. There's no it hasn't gotten any legs because most people know that it's uh, preposterous to claim such a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Even Lou Freeman was saying uh, you got to really downplay that racial thing because it's. So so along now comes another guy who wants to say, hey, I heard on an ESPN radio show racial stuff. So here's the story. And this just, I'm reading from today's Star Tribune. ESPN radio officials responded Tuesday to a complaint from the Reverend Jesse Jackson, the always available fool, that the network investigator report of racist comments allegedly made last Friday on ESPN radio during the nationally syndicated Tony Kornheiser show. The comments were made in reference to Dennis Green's departure as the Vikings coach. Kornheiser, who, oh, here it says right here, he's with the Washington Post. Kornheiser, who also co-hosts a program on ESPN television and is a sports columnist for the Washington Post, uh, did not make the comments, which were heard by listeners on the Internet, while those tuned into the radio show were hearing commercials. We have investigated Jesse Jackson's report and found that the comments made were singularly attributable to a member of the ESPN radio production staff and not any of the hosts of the show, said Mike Soltes, ESPN's director of communications. Our investigation revealed the comments represented an unfortunate error in judgment by an employee, but in no way did they represent either mockery of what may be interpreted as the dialect of African Americans or an allegation of inappropriate motive. In the events related to Mr. Green, ESPN is taking appropriate internal action. Nathan Webb, an attorney who heard the remarks, this this is a guy who must be so into the show and has such little to do in his law practice that he's, he's listening on the Internet while radio listeners are hearing commercials. This Nathan Webb's got his ear cocked to the speaker, right? And he's hearing, mm-hmm. he's right. hearing uh, I suppose he's hearing what? The chatter you right. might hear between Talk us of, during the commercial? Right. He's hearing chatter in the studio. Well, thank God nobody does hear the (laughs) chatter that we have. So Nathan Webb, an attorney who heard the remarks and contacted Jackson. This guy goes and finds Jesse Jackson. Said, whomever made the comments made fun of Green by attempting to sound black. You with me so far? So far I'm with you. You know why I've called this the best post-Denny Green firing story? Why? 
You got an attorney out there, Nathan Webb. I'm I'm going to assume that Nathan is a as an African American fellow. I don't know that. Right. He maybe maybe he isn't, mm-hmm. but I'm going to assume he is. He hears chatter on the internet, and he thinks, "Damn, there's somebody. Somebody is in there." affecting a black accent or what this fellow construed to be a black accent, an African-American accent. Maybe making fun of the way Denny... I'm going to get fired. Right. The way we do. You know, He's got a specific voice. Yeah. And maybe... And, and the guy goes, this, well, is, this is terrible. I'm going to call Jesse Jackson. It's just outrageous. The production staff of a nationally syndicated radio show has somebody in there actually trying to pretend a black dialect. He sees himself as having What something. a champion of black right. activism. Sources close to ESPN and people with knowledge of the situation said the employee that Webb complained about is a black guy. <laughs> I wonder what the appropriate here's action that, will be. Here's that story, right. Jesse. Here's that story. You know what that is. non Oh, God, you gotta love it. Mm-mm-mm. Sorry. <laughs> it just wasn't one some stupid white guy. It actually was a black guy. Accused of using a black accent. <laughs> Did the uh, ESPN higher ups come down and say, please, we, do, we don't want you to sound like a please, African American? Can't you sound anymore? more like a white man? <laughs> right. God almighty. Oh. oh, God almighty. What a web we weave. When it's Denny Green. Try to receive. Try to relieve. (laughs) Well, I thought that was pretty good. I heard that story, but I did not know its conclusion, as you reported it here, that it was uh, who, in fact, said the uh, the I thought for sure that they were talking about a couple of uh, local scallywags on the radio. That was my first surprise, to learn then that... uh, the, the story that uh, Harris was teasing was a national story, and that, uh, B, it uh, uh, was in reference to some alleged uh, remarks made off mic uh, during a commercial break, only to have it all turn out to be remarks made by a black guy. Now the question then becomes, can the black guy be accused of being racist by Jesse Jackson? <laughs> and I don't know the answer. Oh, if anybody could, Jesse Jackson could find a way to try to weave it into that, <laughs> spin it into that. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Once again, faced with a dilemma. Now, I heard that there's a motorcycle show at the Minneapolis Convention Center coming up oh, this helmet, weekend. And, well, I have a checkered past when it comes to motorcycles. You see... I have these voices in my head now, persuasively saying, see the motorcycle, touch the motorcycle, sit on the oh, motorcycle, helmet. hear the motorcycle, feel hey, your hair blowing in me, the wind, but, but I'm a euphorian and should shun the motorized, those things with cylinders. Attention all euphorians, do not embrace motorized. Oh, the hell with it. I'm Morgan Julie Wolf Slattery. Oh, helmet, helmet. 
2,440,000 injured and 35,092 dead. Those are the National Safety Council injury facts from our nation's highways in 2015. Are you letting your emotions get the best of you? This isn't a Formula One race out here, people. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than statistics. These are your family members, friends, and neighbors. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Do you get anxious when you're driving? Not really any need to. Do you yell or honk at other drivers that make you angry? That's emotions taking over. Don't let your emotions take control. Do you uh, try to retaliate to even the score for another driver's actions? That'll never serve you any good. Stop it. The National Safety Council reports that aggressive driving plays a role in 56% of fatal crashes, and emotions cause the aggressive driving. Don't become a statistic. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Make it home safe tonight. Phil? Mr. Mayor? Yes? Yeah, I was going to say I have to back up Rookie on this. Uh, We've got a German Shepherd at home, and uh, when she launches off the deck... To go after the squirrels, she does a 180 and burned a hole in the grass, so we ended up having to build a chute for her, and we did it out of snow fencing. So our, our backyard's got kind of an East Berlin feel. With, well, more, uh, to the, she has to come out. more to the point, where did you buy the snow fencing? Home Depot. There you go. I, and I will take the dollar now. I think I said Menards for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. No, you said, you said can you buy snow fencing? Oh, did I? And I said... Yes, you can. So I'll take the dollar. All right. Garage Logic will be back shortly. Please stay tuned. Joe Sugere. All right, good afternoon. I uh I misjudged the uh, impact of the C uh, League loan from Polad story yesterday. What do you mean? Well, it briefly came up in the sports segment and I poo-pooed it. Didn't I didn't think it was that big of a deal and I'm wrong. I just didn't understand at the time what I was what I was talking about. It's a, it's, it's a significant violation of baseball's rules. Right. Uh, uh, Bud Selig, who is this hack pretend commissioner of baseball, uh, borrowed $3 million from Carl Polad. Well, what? Uh, not only is that a violation of baseball rules, but now that I've had the, the uh, chance to read the story and actually understand it and read Patrick's column, uh, not, not only is it a violation of rules and an obvious conflict of interest, but the, the next question that needs to be answered in this whole contraction scam is, why is Polad refusing to talk to Donald Watkins? In other words, in other words, it, it almost looks as though uh, as as a as a function of being able to get this loan from Polad. C-League has engineered a buyout of the Twins at greater than their market value and that that could very well be the favor that's getting returned for the illegal loan that Polad made to C-League. And that C-League completely denied any knowledge of until well, it was C-League's cornered. Well, C-League's a hack. Right. He's a hack from day one, and he continues to be a hack, and now he's a lying hack. That's the worst kind. And you've got an owner who's doubling as this fake commissioner who borrows money from a fellow owner whom he then arranges to have bought out at a price greater than the market value of the team. There's the next aspect of this. This Watkins down there, has anyone has anyone uh, been able to demonstrate that Watkins doesn't have the money? No. 
Has Watkins uh, evidently gone through all of the steps that he's supposed to go through? Yes. Why doesn't Polad pick up the phone when Watkins calls? You know, it's even worse. It's even worse than that because you know what what Watkins has been told? Hmm. That he's got to deal with Selig. That was in today's Pioneer Press. Aaron Kahn had the story. Watkins has been told by the Polad camp that if he wants to buy the Twins, he's got to deal with Selig. This is... I knew I knew contraction was outrageous. Mm-hmm. I I regret the, of my my brief poo pooing of this story yesterday. Uh, this is this is terribly outrageous. This fraud in Milwaukee, this absolute fraud, is trying to engineer the theft of the twins, quite possibly as a favor to Polad for an illegal loan made the Selig. Because now, factor in why Watkins is being told. Where are the black activists, by the way, in this case? Let's use a... Can we have a black activist when we need one? Uh, Watkins is dying to become the first black owner in baseball. Where are you? White baseball won't talk to potential black owners. Where are you? Let's go here. This dude's trying to write a check, and nobody will talk to him? What's this all about? Polaz just said, when he comes with a check, I'll... I'll, uh... Well, how much, Carl? Right. And then why is uh, Watkins being told that he has to deal with Seelig. That's the wrinkle in it that makes the uh, that makes the illegality of the loan and the presumed quid pro quo uh, expectations all the more uh, uh, dark. And, Is this uh, enough to forbidding. bring him down? This I hope that contraction so blows up in the face of baseball that Seelig is subpoenaed and ends up before a grand jury. And that... I hope it costs them their antitrust exemption. I hope it blows the whole thing up for these morons. Take a 41-year-old franchise out of here. It becomes clearer by the day. It becomes clearer by the day that this is something Polad engineered with Selig. And part of the engineering was a $3 million illegal loan in violation of Rule 20C. No owner can lend money to another owner, period. And then to learn, not only to learn about it after after they try to sell this pathetic contraction scam, but to then learn that you have a legitimate suitor named Donald Watkins who who has shown baseball his books, has followed uh, all of these hoops that baseball keeps inventing for him to jump through, only to have Watkins be told that if he, he that he that he has to go through Selig to buy the twins? What a this is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. We not only are stuck with one of the wealthiest owners in baseball, we're stuck with possibly one of the most allegedly corrupt. Allegedly, you hear me? Law firms, allegedly. What a bunch of BS. You might have Webb calling you. What a bunch of BS. I wish I digested it quicker than I did yesterday. But um, 
Well, it didn't see at that. Well, we didn't know the rules, but at that time, it didn't seem no, like that was because it was in the open and stuff like that. But what would? No, it wasn't in the open. No, it no, broke yesterday. No, no. When they filed, what I had heard is they had filed the proper papers. What papers? However, no papers to. Oh yeah, in terms of in terms of the dynamics of a loan, right? It was uh, it was proper. And well, Seelig, that's Seelig put up collateral and this and that and the other thing, but. Who cares? Well, no, but at the loan time, was illegal. Right, right. Now we know it was, that. it was illegal in terms of Major League Baseball for uh, Seeley to have sought the loan from a fellow owner. Now it's a huge deal. I agree. And I hope it costs Seeley his, uh, his job. I hope it uh, puts him in front of a grand jury. I hope it ends contraction nonsense. I hope somebody will answer the phone when Watkins calls. The, the, the whole thing came together for me when I read today. That Watkins is being told that in order to buy the Twins, he's got to deal with Selig. And Carl can no longer get by with this fraudulent nonsense about, well, I'm just waiting for the check. Well then, Carl, how about if Watkins writes you a check for $99 million because that's what the club's worth in the fair market. Not the $120 million you've been promised through this scam conducted by the scam artist in Milwaukee. We'll be right back. mother, the Joe Suchere Show. I was an altar boy. I was for many years. No priest ever touched me. Nope. Used to bet nickels with Monsignor Steiner on a Vikes game, though. It might have been some illegal game. <laughs> Never happened over here, anybody I knew. I had a priest once that looked just like Marty O'Neill. <laughs> I bet he had some wonderful sermons. One time he had the chalice full of hosts. Like... Yep. Looked just like Marty O'Neill. <laughs> kind of held the chalice up like a microphone. <laughs> Didn't have much of a uh, neck. And he uh he was he uh initially because I grew up in the in the age of voodoo Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> and let's face it. Right. Right. Uh, they had you pretty spooked oh, about certain things. Boy, look out. Right. You know. So uh so one day Father Marty O'Neill, because I don't even remember his right. real priest name. Uh-huh. He, to me, he was Marty O'Neill. In fact, it might have been what, Marty. He hung out at the lack Maybe it was Marty O'Neill. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, he went flying. He he tripped on his vestments, oh, no. and and the poor guy went flying, and all the hosts went flying. Oh no! And everybody, you know, turned to salt right where they stood, <laughs> because see, this was in the days of voodoo. You're not supposed you to. Couldn't, you couldn't look. Don't, you couldn't, don't right? touch anything. Right. And I, you know, I went. <laughs> froze. Right, you just, just no froze. Where right where I was. Just froze. Uh. I suppose the network people have no idea when I, why I'm bringing that up. We just heard a uh, an Ian Punnett promo in which he was talking about the, uh, apparently there are going to be these uh, religious tribunals for uh clergy who who misbehave and uh he talked about that today in fact mm-hmm. and i was just uh, remembering that uh you know other than freezing where i stood right. when marty o'neill dropped everything <laughs> i never had a problem you know right what are you gonna do uh worst thing about being an altar boy always tough when you got the giggles at a funeral never happened to me mm. you know but you what happened to it's tough it i was, know it was i know tough. that's tough dan 
Yeah, hi, Joe. Hi. Hey, hey this C-League thing is just disgusting, but I think people are missing an a- another angle on it. If the Twins go down, the Brewers become really the only team in the Northern Plains. That's not an ang- a- that, that's, that is not an angle that's been missed. That was thoroughly discussed uh, in, in round one of the initial contraction discussions. Oh, really? Yep. I think, I, I think this is getting far more interesting than that obvious conclusion. Well, but he, he automatically lines his pocket because his team increases in value, but he also gets merchandise sales and the whole shot that goes with the, the increased fan base. I, I understand all of that, but, but that is a far more benign and vague uh, reason than uh, what we are discovering to be the specifics of an illegal loan made to C-League, which might very well require him to return a favor to Polad. A quick question, and I'll hang up and listen. Uh, do you this is going to benefit the Twins and they'll be around for a while now because this whole thing came out, or is it going to end them? No, this will keep the team alive. This will keep the team alive, certainly through the upcoming season. Greg? Hey, Joe, remember when Watkins was here for Christmas? Uh, I was out of town when he came here. Yeah, I, I wasn't here. And it was, it was at the mall meeting people on that, and I remember they said in the news that Kind of the same thing that happened with Montreal, where the league would run the team. Mm-hmm. He could get it cheaper from the league than from Polad. Mm-hmm. Polo would get the buyout from the league, and then the league would take the hit for the difference in the price. Well, that's, that still suggests, then, that the league feels they owe Polad for an illegal loan to C-League. Oh, for sure. I just thought that's why he maybe he has to deal with the league. He can get a better deal there himself. Well, that that sh- if that's true, that's pretty bad just business. analyze that for a minute. How st- I know. I'm not even that stupid. And I'm not a math guy. Why would the other owners agree to such foolishness? The only thing I can think of is they, want to, they can concentrate the talent of the players and maybe make some more money. God, these people are stupid. These owners deserve to have this entire league blow up in their face and start over. I think an antitrust thing was going to get them, though. Absolutely, these people are, without a doubt, some of the stupidest people in corporate America. And that might be the rest of the sports teams, too, with the salary. I think. All right, thank you. I mean, I, I go to the Wild games. Last mm-hmm. night was great. Yep. God, to see that old Montreal uniform back in Minnesota, it was great. And the Wild played really well. In they won. But I look at that league, and I get very nervous because I just love what this club has done for St. Paul mm-hmm. and for Minnesota. There's 30 teams Surrounding in the, area. There's 30 teams in the National Hockey League. And if their salaries are going to escalate, they're gonna, some of them aren't going to make it. There's, there's no way they can right. make it. I think the Wild might. They're, they're run too cleverly. They're run very efficiently. Mm-hmm. And they continue to build the war chest. And they don't miss out. And I think things. hockey guys ultimately might be smarter than baseball guys. Baseball people might be the dumbest, most self-centered, most out-of-touch morons that ever came down the pike. And I, you know why it might be? Everybody's got a passion for baseball, but it's cool to be a baseball owner. They're always in the news and so forth. I think if you're a hockey league, an NHL owner, yeah. I think you've had, you've had a serious passion for hockey, and you don't you don't see a lot of hockey owners paraded around the country and catered to. I mean, they love well, the no, game. Well, no, because the game doesn't have the, doesn't have the identity that. Well, that I mean, that's what I'm saying though. They're they're a little more. I don't know. But if that guy's scenario is correct, listen to what he just said. Deal with C-League. We'll, we'll pay Polad more than the club's worth, 
and then sell you the club for what it's really worth, and the rest of the owners will take the hit. Is that how stupid these idiots are? (laughs) And I'm the bad math guy? Right. (laughs) We'll be right back. 2,440,000 injured and 35,092 dead. Those are the National Safety Council injury facts from our nation's highways in 2015 as a result of vehicle crashes. Federated Insurance reminds you, these are more than statistics. This is family, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving is an epidemic, but it's not the only factor in vehicle crashes. How about fatigue? You drive when you're sleepy and find it too hard to keep your eyes open? Then pull over. Go for a walk. Have you ever been unable to recall changing lanes? Do you stay up late nights? and drive to work tired, you've got to change those habits. A National Sleep Foundation poll revealed that 60% of adult drivers say they have driven a vehicle while feeling drowsy, and more than a third of those same drivers admitted to actually falling asleep at the wheel. Don't become a statistic. Get yourself some sleep before you get behind the wheel. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Please make it home safely today. Now, live from St. Paul, the capital city of the state where nothing is allowed, it's the Joe Souchere Show. You know what I've got? An attitude. I got that. I like that. What else you got? A blue sheet of paper. Uh Uh-huh. News from the Central Kindergarten (laughs) Community. I was thrown off. I thought it would be red. But after you read it, it will be. It's even better than that. (laughs) I got the school psychologist. (laughs) We will commence. Stepping stones! (laughs) Maybe that's what I need in my backyard. Stepping Stones by Jim Anderson, the school psychologist at the Central Community Kindergarten Central Area Gathering Spot area. Is this a poem or a Q&A? No, this is the uh, news notes. All right. Kinder Cub News. <laughs> He's the best. <clears throat> Thank God who sends us these. We've got a... Love our moles. Very reliable... Uh, what's the word I want? Reliable. Reliable. Very reliable mole that gets us the notes called Stepping Stones from the Central Community Kindergarten Central Area Community Area Central. (laughs) Eden Prairie. Teachers at CKC, Central Kindergarten Community, believe that all behavior, including misbehavior, Mm -hmm. is purposeful and goal-oriented. See, the way they think? Hmm. All of a child's behavior has personal meaning, which is usually related to development, personal growth, finding one's place in social groups, and learning how to become more independent. If this seems puzzling to you, you're not alone. One of the most challenging parts of teaching young children is determining what they are learning from the different activities and interactions they engage in throughout the day. Understanding this is a key component to in managing misbehavior, 
Yeah, but just a mile ago, you said even misbehavior counts. (laughs) I'm very confused. (laughs) You said it was goal-oriented. You said it had something to think about. Well, the second time they said it, it felt better at that time. Understanding this is a key component in in managing misbehavior. Because all misbehavior is goal-oriented, the only way to effectively reduce or eliminate it is to put electrodes on that person's head and show them pictures of a light (laughs) rail car. (laughs) Uh, Because all misbehavior is goal-oriented, the only way to effectively reduce or eliminate it is to identify the goal and then teach an acceptable way of meeting that goal. Huh? What? What a scam this guy's got going. First of all, annual for, price tag. First there. of all, hmm. do you need a school psychologist? No. Huh? I don't think so. No. I don't think I, we had one. Not that you're always trying to go I back. I don't think you do. I don't think they need one. I don't think you do, do you? No. In a room, he's got probably pictures of the Himalayas. And, <laughs> right. You know, on the ceiling would be geese right. or, you know. A couple of uh, and he's photographs got the, of his trip to Tibet. He's got the sandals going, mm-hmm. you know. Probably a hell of a nice guy. Sure. Soothing. Hail fellow well met. Probably jogs. Mm-hmm. Watches his diet. Doesn't smoke. Loves the little children. <laughs> Probably a wonderful guy. Yep. Don't know Jim. But I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking. Jim, I think, I think Jim's role is to so thoroughly confuse the uh, the parents mm-hmm. that they vote yes on levies. <laughs> what should I put for nine? Just put yes. Get done with it. Let's read it once more. All right, this is Stepping Stones. That's right. Teachers at Central Kindergarten Community Central Area mm-hmm. believe that all behavior, including misbehavior, is purposeful and goal-oriented. All right. All of a child's behavior has personal meaning, which is usually related to development, personal growth, finding one's place in social groups, and learning how to become more independent. All of a child's behavior has personal meaning. Okay. Okay. If this seems puzzling to you, you're not alone. Well, Jim, actually, at that point, that does not seem puzzling to me, right? We'll get to your puzzling part. Mm-hmm. One of the most challenging parts of teaching young children is determining what they are learning from different activities and interactions they engage in throughout the day. Understanding this is a key component in managing misbehavior. Because all misbehavior is goal-oriented... The only way to effectively reduce or eliminate it is to identify the goal and then teach an acceptable way of meeting that goal. Well, let's say that the uh, that the misbehavior is uh, a little girl uh, 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 keeps uh, poking uh, little Johnny with a sharpened pencil, right? Well, what what's her goal? Mm-hmm. To hurt the kid. Why? Because she she's bugged by him. So if she's bugged by him, what is an acceptable way of her meeting the goal of hurting him? <laughs> right? Yeah. Little Mary yeah. 
Has it in for Johnny? Because women have been oppressed for years. That's right. I'm going to take a little revenge here. Poke you. No, Johnny bugs Mary. Yes. Little Mary gets a sharpened yep. pencil hmm. and goes, yep. stabs him in the ribs. Right. He gets lead poisoning, and then we got big. I'm going to tell you something. You better start getting this more personally Mary. involved in yep. your work, or I'm going to stab you through the heart with a pencil. Do you understand me? Okay, let's think of something less. Uh... A pinch. Gets a little or a little pinch. Mary keeps pinching Johnny because she doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. All right. According to this knucklehead, we're supposed to uh, identify the goal Mary has and then teach an acceptable way of meeting it. Well, her goal is to hurt the kid. Mm-hmm. So what's an acceptable way of doing that? Pinching. She's already doing that. I rest my case. Right. Why do you need a school shrink? <laughs> right. Or you're available for other school district uh, psychologist jobs. And uh, I don't know if I have the energy to go into it. Mm-hmm. But the very idea of managing misbehavior, that's right out of your Mysterian playbook. You know, these people or this guy is is uh he's all over the map when we do stepping stones because he's got no he stands for there is there's no there's i don't know what he i don't know what he stands for he he doesn't look at behavior as right and wrong he looks at misbehavior as something that merely can be managed not only managed but he apparently believes that it can be uh turned into something acceptable which it would be another way of saying that he wouldn't dare judge that misbehavior is, in fact, misbehavior. It's merely another form of behavior that needs to be identified for purposes of managing it. Well, for crying Pete's out loud. sake, right. for heaven's sakes, how do, you, how do you deal with a guy like this? So if I'm having trouble and I'm saying, how do you deal with a guy like this, can you imagine the kids? Oh. Their heads, Their heads are, are doing 360s. Right. <laughs> Pay attention in Eden Prairie. And no matter whether you're in Bemidji or North Dakota, wherever. Pay very close attention. To train's coming for you, too. For. I don't care where you are. Right. The trains are coming, mm-hmm. and it's full of school psychologists. <laughs> oh, I know we're short of money, <laughs> right. but we're sending a train for you, and it's full of school psychologists. <laughs> All of whom, yeah, tell me more about them. Probably read the uh, the editorial in the Star Tribune today, as did I. Yeah, which one? No, I see what you're saying. Okay. Called pine pining. Pining for pines. Ah, uh, yes. Pine pining. In the centra? In the central of town. In the central of town, I said. In the centra. Centra. Right. Whoever wrote this editorial has got sexual issues. All right. I just flat out make that acknowledgement right now. All right. Because I think a lot of your, uh, a lot of the times, you, you know, you're euphorians. <laughs> huh? Yes. And I think we're I think talking. I think what you're uh, saying, right. I think we're talking I haven't had a date for a while. You know what I'm trying to say? I think I do. Issues. That's the sign that for a double. Was that a double sign? No, it's just, just as flat one? as I can make it. All right. Issues. Issues. Right? Mm. 
Now, Dick, get this, folks. This is not necessarily unrelated to the school shrink in Eden Prairie. Now that the 12 days of Christmas have ended, it's time for the appearance of a million evergreen carcasses lining the curbs of Twin City streets. A million evergreen carcasses. We can't help but see this as a forlorn ending to a festive season. Once, these were beautiful, upstanding Fraser firs, balsams, and Norway pines. Them needles last forever. <laughs> now they've collapsed, lying spent in the gutter, sacrificed. You think I'm making this up? Uh, you, no, you can't make I can't that up. Make you, it you, up. Even if you wanted to. And you, do you agree to. with me? Already you've identified a sexual issue? <laughs> yes. These, this is somebody that's living with a house full of cats. <laughs> this right. is somebody that has a house full of cats. Yeah. <clears throat> and they got issues. Mm-hmm. And probably a no tree or a fake one. They don't but, like to throw the carcass outside. Once these were beautiful, upstanding Fraser firs, balsams, and Norway pines, now they've collapsed, lying spent in the gutter, sacrificed. Well, that that isn't even true. Uh, we've all been so thoroughly indoctrinated into recycling that they're either stuck in uh, plastic bags or... Uh, Waiting for the trash man to come r- by. No, that's Frank, not trash, gonna... uh, uh, Matt. That's energy recyclable material. Oh, yeah, you're right. A farmer has taken years to raise and feed and bundle trees that we've dutifully selected, decorated, watered, and even regarded as spiritually significant. Imagine that. Somebody actually regarded it as spiritually significant, and the enemy paper acknowledges this. But after a short month in our living rooms, their only future is the grinder. <laughs> We're well aware that Christmas trees are, as they say, a renewable resource. Our next year's tree is already growing. Nearly 40 million trees were cut and sold this fall, and about 70 million replacements will be planted next spring. Do the what math. are you bitching about, the you math. moron? Uh, tree farmers do good things for wildlife habitat, air quality, and soil erosion. We can't think of a finer pursuit than renewable resources. Then what are you complaining about, pine pining? But our fond New Year's wish is that this resource could even be more renewable that somewhere in some university forestry department, a beautiful John Nash-like mind is working on an advanced system to extend Christmas tree life, a system allowing us to purchase a living tree, transport it cheaply and easily into our homes for the holidays, and afterwards plant it in our yards or perhaps donate it to a park or to the highway department. Adding a million conifers every year to the Twin Cities landscape would soon make a difference. Yes, it would choke us out of our homes, and we would have no place to walk, live, or drive automobiles. Think about the math. If this, Think of what this idiot wants to do. Keep adding trees to the landscape. We have to take a break. Yeah, I think you should. I think you just kick back. I think I need one. Hey, Piney, why don't you just... Uh... Don't call me Piney. <laughs> Super tree. Who's going to pay for all that? Uh, who knows? Botany, climatology, and con- convenience all stand in the way, unfortunately. It's more expensive to harvest and transport a tree with its root ball 
than to simply cut trees and bundle them. Even on wheels, it's a chore to get a 300-pound potted tree into the house where the sudden warmth will trick it into thinking it's spring. God almighty, this, this person has got some problems. This upsets the physiology of a hibernating tree, says Carl Vogt of the University of Minnesota's Forest Resources Department. Then it's chancy to gradually acclimatize the tree to colder weather before replanting in the spring. These transplants have become popular on both coasts and in the south, but Minnesota's harsh climate makes it riskier here. Still, what good is celebrating a new year without acknowledging even the smallest possibility of improvement, including the benefits that more greenery would bring? Holy mackerel. Ay, 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 ay. This person would haul a 300-pound tree with a root ball into their house. And you think I ain't right when I say they got issues? Bring in that one with the root ball. (laughs) Paul. Yeah, hi, Joe. Hi. Um, Kind of backing up here into this uh, school psychology thing. When I was a a little kid in kindergarten, I had uh, tore the carpet kind of purposely. I was playing around, and I saw a little... A little uh, Irish pennant sticking out, and I yanked on it, and I ripped it. The teacher told me to go out into the uh, into the hallway and think about it, so I did. And the uh, the uh, principal came walking down the hall, and of course I said hi hi to him, and um, he yanked me aside and told me asked me what I did, and I said well, I ripped the carpet. He goes, well shame on you, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. And I never did it again. But mm-hmm. um, nowadays, I think we're clamoring for uh, these school psychologists. And I've got a family member <clears throat> close that uh, is in science, science teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, they, he's he's going to be a, become a school psychologist. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. Well, I don't I don't see the benefits. Neither do I. I I think it's more important to have our kids knowing things about the earth and you know, all things that go on directly around you. Um, it's, it's kind of simplified, but, uh, I don't know if we need to throw in. No, I got you. Thanks, Paul. Hey, do you still rip up carpet? Well, yeah. It's a carpet layer. I've been guilty of that before. (laughs) So you still think about it. (laughs) I still think about it. Thank you. Thanks. Jeremy? Hello, Joe. Hi. I just wanted to let you know, I'm a teacher and I've called here before, but, uh, there's a whole school of thought, so to speak, about how, Every behavior is 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 a goal, and uh, there's four identified ones that that I've read about, and uh, a lot of people have done research. So I thought I'd give them to you. Okay. Uh, one of them is attention seeking. Now I don't buy into this at all, so don't you know don't think that. But one of them is attention seeking. Uh, one of them's power. Uh, one of them is um, a fear of failure, and I forget the fourth one. But going to your example, the kid poking the little girl. Some people would say, well, the kid is trying to get the the teacher's attention and um, knows that the teacher will only yell at him if uh, he's doing something bad. So that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's that's a whole school of thought, and um, I have been told to examine different goals of my kids, but I don't really get into that. I just, you know, tell them the expectations, and if they don't follow them, they're, they have a consequence. So Give them an F. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, they miss a lot of recess. My students miss a lot of recess, and uh, they get a lot of calls home. And, um, you know, that's about that's pretty much all I can do anymore, unfortunately. So. All right, thank you. Yep. Good luck. 
Can you imagine that this editorial writer wants to have created a super tree in some botany lab because this editorialist at the enemy paper looks at trees discarded in the front yard and thinks of them as carcasses? <laughs> to me, a carcass would have implied that you also have eaten the thing. You know, <laughs> and it's it's rotting and, and all, all you got left is some bones. And I don't think anybody eats pine trees. Yule Gibbons, you ever eat a pine tree? That's right. Many Yule, parts are edible. That's right. Yule would eat a pine tree. <laughs> Maybe Yule Gibbons wrote this. <laughs> Chad. Yeah, that guy. I, I think he 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 is serious. And he wants you to take him seriously. Which guy? The pining for pines fellow. Yeah, either that or it was a woman. Or a woman. Or yeah. woman. Actually, I noticed they referred to themselves as we. That's a we, yeah. I was curious about that. But I also noticed you, you commented as they commented on the value of the tree as well as being spiritual. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would suggest that uh, we are seeing the politics of the religious left, which does exist. Mm-hmm has great political influence, and uh, it's being educated in your schools, and that's part of the big mystery as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I moved around root balls, and, and I've done it in all kinds of weather, and it's not pleasant, and uh, I can only imagine it'd really be a pain with lights on it. Right. It'd be tough to get through the front door. Yeah, and then when you're done with it, you want to plant it, but you got to put a hole in the ground, and the present weather notwithstanding, it typically is kind of cold and a little snowy, and you might have to wait, so they're telling you you're going to have to give up space with this tree lying in your garage. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it goes back to them thinking clearly not science, it, it's not science-based, it's not facts-based, it's, it's faith-based. Oh, this was somebody writing from a standpoint of emotion and has no ability to think logically. Right, so they run right to the legislation. Well, I I don't know if we're going that far yet from the editorial. I don't think the editorial is going to lead to legislation. I think it's just the whimsy whimsy of uh, some uh, goofball over there who didn't have anything else to write about. Well, I'm just real leery of people possibly lobbying for grant money. Okay, thank you. I I don't think that was the case either. Uh, God Almighty! Stay tuned. We'll be back in the a minute. Gears are grinding in some right. of those. And uh, outstate numbers eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Our friend Yvonne in St. Cloud sent quite uh, quite a Christmas gift today. I'll say quite a package. Um, yeah, Kelly Lynn got one too. Kelly yeah. Lynn's not here right now. No, and it's food, so we're not saving it for right. So sorry, Yvonne. But she gave me a lot of WD-40 products. Yeah, you're all set. <clears throat> and some lava soap, which I didn't know was a WD-40 product. I didn't know that either. Is there some time. symbolism there that I'm missing? Am I supposed to? <laughs> am I not clean enough? You are greasy with the oil, so please, she's saying, get clean. <clears throat> Dewey? Yeah. Hi. Well, you know, I, I kind of agree with this person in a little bit that I find it despicable that I see these trees lining on the curbs, and there's a much greater purpose mm-hmm. that can be made of these trees. And in my, high, in I, my household, you know, we, we hold our tree in reverence, and after it's had its good life in about the middle of January, we carefully remove the ornaments, and we take it out to the backyard, and they're true to Viking heritage. 
we light that sucker on fire, and we typically get about a 25-foot fireball off the baby. Well, good. Because by the then, they're... In them. Yeah. By then, they're crispy. Yeah, and you recycle it back into its original organic pieces, creep up the ash, and... Providing nutrients. And, yeah. Right. yeah the only way to do it. I agree. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ron? Yeah, I'm here. You're on the air. Hey, listen, a thought just came to me through that last uh, set of... Uh, of uh, promos, uh, Joe Stone Crab. Yeah, we got our own Joe Sushi. That's what, right. We do. Yeah, Joe Sushi. <laughs> Joe Sushi, but real men don't eat sushi. That's raw fish, isn't it? I don't know what the heck it is. I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, you want your hey, fish? Well, listen, but... I got the real reason I called. I don't think anybody's touched on this yet. But have you imagined what what that three hundred pound rip ball looks like sitting on your living room floor? It'd be a mess, wouldn't it, Ron? Oh, it'd be terrible. The tree would be four feet in the air. Right. And you'd have to cut the top off or punch a hole in your roof. Right. <laughs> but now I got a solution. All right. You cut a hole in the floor. Right. Drop that, that, that rip ball down through that hole onto your onto your picnic table which you brought in for the winter. Right. And then in the spring and then nobody see then nobody knows that you're that you're stupid enough to bring in a, a big old tree with a big old rip ball on it. That's a very good idea, Ron. You know? Very good idea. Thank you, Joe. I, I knew somebody would agree yeah. with me. I just didn't think it would be you. Well, you found me. Hey, listen, one more thing. Uh, as oh. far as those Christmas trees that you're taking out and being so reverent with, yeah. have you ever had that son of a gun stick you full of needles in the hands? Of course I have, Ron. Well, then why, why treat them with respect? Burn them. Uh, all right. Get him out of there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Chop a hole. This guy was going to chop a hole in his. <laughs> we do not recommend that. Bob? Yeah. Where are you going? Uh, Probably around the lake or two. Is, are the roads dry? Uh, Doesn't really matter. What are you going to drive? Uh, GL 1500 Interstate. Really? Yeah. Well, fantastic. Uh, I, I got to think a lot of people would be riding today, jogging with shorts on, uh, it's just amazing. It's beautiful out here. Well, Not a cloud in the sky. When you say the lakes, do you mean the Minneapolis City lakes? Um, well, I, I live over by Como Lake, so I'll so, start at Como and yeah. maybe over by Phelan, then yeah. we'll see if I get over to Minneapolis. All right, well, good luck. Good luck to you, Joe. All right, there goes a guy. He's going to fire up his motorcycle. <laughs> January 9th, and it's yeah. becoming routine. People are playing golf today. Now, I know there are those who are alarmed by this. As I said earlier, we're Minnesotans. What really is alarming is that we have not paid for this. We have uh, suffered no uh, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, to, uh, it's hard to feel relief for a thaw in which there's nothing to thaw, Right. Right. You ever look at it that way? Yeah, I guess I've... Uh... Yes. Yeah. It was a, it President was Clinton's dog, Buddy. Mm-hmm. And they said it died in a traffic accident? Yeah, I think that's how it happened. That's G. What Gordon reports. Liddy says that's a cover-up. Really? What? It froze to death after sitting on Hillary Clinton's lap. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Froze to death. <laughs> Cash. 
Yeah. Hi. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, down in Iowa, uh, we used to live down there. We found a good way to get rid of the Christmas tree at the end of the season. Yep. Went down to Missouri and bought a uh, bought a grocery bag full of uh, fireworks, all different kinds. Mm-hmm. And before, before we hauled the tree outside, uh, we wired fireworks all throughout the tree, put Roman candles in the top. and Not a bad idea. You know, the ammunition belt type firecracker uh, strip, you know, about 30,000 firecrackers. We right. did a few, few of those, uh, spinners and all kinds of stuff, and we uh, hauled it out to a cornfield. Had a small crowd out there, and... Uh, went to light it up and it had a three-foot stick with you know, well first we doused it with uh, lighter fluid right the whole, whole tree figured, that's you know, overkill it's that's overkill at this point yeah well yeah we wanted to make it was kind of windy and we wanted to make sure it did light right you know so so we're out in this field and and uh got the three-foot piece of wood with a ball of cotton on the end and like that and you know we had a little ceremony and my kids sang oh tannenbaum well, that's fantastic. You know, time and bomb. So, so we we go to light the tree and it, it and it won't light. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I finally got a spinner to light, and what happened is it threw sparks over the rest of the tree and lit all the firecrackers off almost at one time. Wonderful. Did the tree what? blow up? <laughs> it, it it sounded like we had walked into a firefight in the middle of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. My brother's videotaping it, and as soon as it took off, he started to run. But, it, you know, it, it was such it's a, a sudden one. deal that he's looking through the viewfinder on the camcorder mm-hmm. to see where he's going. Trips and does a somersault with the camcorder going. <laughs> that made good footage for the family. Oh, yeah. And then you get all these, you know, whizzes and bangs and lights flying off the top of the tree. It is pretty pretty entertaining. All right, Cash, thank so, you. Yep. We didn't have a tree this year. Well, you didn't. Nope. Not even a little, just a little small table. Little, table. little fake thing. Little oh. two foot. Did you miss though. it? You. Huh? You. Fresh pine? Yeah. I like them needles will hold. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if what would be better, the the pine smell of that tree or the fire uh, fireworks or the firecrackers that were on it? I like a pine smell. I do too. Yeah. But I like fireworks as well. Which do you like? Kurt? Hello. Hi. Hi. See, I've been trying to call for a couple of weeks. I've got a ray of hope. Here's today's ray of hope. <laughs> All right. Small town in northern Minnesota, Christmas program, and uh, Jim, probably six, five, six hundred people. And uh, second grade class uh, on bleachers with a backdrop uh, start singing the song, uh, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful, and they get through the first verse. And out from behind the backdrop comes a little kid carrying a big uh, American flag, goes out in front of the uh, choir, stands up and uh, and presents it there, and then they proceed to sing the Pledge of Allegiance through the next verses. Wonderful. Well, when you get that far north, it's almost like being back in America. Yes, <laughs> pretty close. Uh, yes, yeah, to throw that one at you. There is hope out there. All right, Kurt, thank you. Thank you. Good luck. Good luck. They got. I told you they had the bad Christmas trees in England. Yeah, the really, Charlie Brown trees. Really, the so. Charlie Brown trees. They don't water them. How dumb is that? <laughs> well, I thought now they're way ahead of us as far as trees well, yeah. and behavior, way ahead and conservation. Of us. I, you'd think they'd be right on top of that. Way ahead of you in terms of a fire hazard. I'll say. How about the, you know, it's it's like the tree in Christmas Vacation when. <laughs> <laughs> Guy lights his cigar and the thing goes up in flames. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
saw that again the other day or the other night. Did you? Well, within the last month. You or know, so. I missed uh, Little Ralphie this year. Yeah, I didn't see it either. I mean, we got it on videotape, but I, I never had the chance to pop it in. But every once in a while, when I'm clicking, it'll be on, and you'll watch it for 15 minutes. Plus, I didn't see uh, It's a Wonderful Life. You got that very early. I think that was the Thanksgiving weekend. Well, that you what's got the deal that. here? They only play it once a year, I think, let's so they go get the here. advertisers. Well, how about let's show some Christmas movies? Yeah, I hear you. Tim? Joe. Hi. Say we've got a tree lot over on the east side of St. Paul. It's been going for 30-some years. We have a twist. Mm-hmm. Every year, a guy brings his uh, stump back from the year before looking for a refund. You're kidding. tree for the coming year. Yeah. I As hope you joke. don't give him one. No, no. He's been doing it for a bunch of years. He's real proud of this uh, decapitated-looking, dried-up nothing. <laughs> hey, you know what? He's dumb like a fox, too. I bet he leaves it on your lot. How'd you know that? <laughs> and then you guys have to get rid of it. Yeah, we got that taken care of, but it's fun to see him. I didn't see him this year. I missed him, so I don't know if he did it or not. What do you do with him? Grind him up? Uh, St. Paul, he said this year they didn't. They yeah. just We put him out curbside, and they didn't grind him. They used to have an arrangement before, uh, shall we say, one of the corporate refuse companies took over the small-town operation. I got you. <laughs> All right, thank you. But Why not just grind them up? I mean, what's the big deal? Well, I couldn't hurt. Mulch. Yeah, a little, again, fertilizer. That's all it Except is. Except the pine needles. Say, uh, stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. Well, I do a Hoy Guards endorsement, and now I'll be out on Sunday at uh, Trollhagen. You didn't use the term an unfair experience while learning to ski. Uh, no, that's a different one. I think that's the Welch Village commercial. Oh. I didn't voice that one, no. I see. Why is that? Uh... Well, I got a note from somebody who wants to know what could be unfair about learning how to ski. Um, you know. And if know. it was you, you uh, correct it right I would have laid into you, but it's not you, so let's drop it. Right. Do you have uh, well, auto... I hope somebody comes out to see me on Sunday. Are we going to have any snow? No, there is no snow. Oh, one to three, I'll still be out there. Where? Uh, Trollhagen, do you Dresser, have, Wisconsin. Do you have audio from the auto show, or was I supposed to pick it out? Uh, if you give me the number, I'll have it in a second. Well, here. I just uh, would love to hear what they're saying in Detroit. All right. Uh, you got 17173. Yep, right here. Tachio of Ford Motor. Tell me when you're ready. Says, let's go here. Someday we will be faced with the possibility that we'll run out of petroleum, and we need to be ready for that. And until then, again, things will live side by side. So we don't see the end of the internal combustion system for decades. Thank God. She's talking about the introduction of the Freedom Car, which is a fuel cell derivative. Uh, Let me see if I find another one. Uh, There's a couple in there. Uh, Well, yeah, but they're not all auto show. I thought you were giving me auto show ones. I think the auto show ones are only lumped together. Isn't there one right after that 173? 17, 179. This is Daniel Becker of the Sierra Club talking about the fuel cell car. There's been an existing program for the last seven years where the auto industry took taxpayer money and didn't produce the clean cars that they were paid to produce. Now the Bush administration is proposing an expansion of the program to produce even cleaner vehicles that, again, the auto industry will never produce. Yeah, well, that's a Sierra Club guy, so what do you think he's going to say? Right, exactly. Job security for him. He's not, I mean, he's not going to be happy unless there aren't any, uh, aren't cars. any cars. So <laughs> Regardless of whether they're battery or... That shouldn't or have been too surprising. Al? Hey, Joe, uh, those Christmas trees in England, you're exactly right. When I was uh, 
in the service over there. I remember we went and got our first tree from the Boy Scouts on base, brought that thing home and had it there for Christmas, and we got done. I took it and just gave it a little shake, you know, where you kind of hammer the bottom of the tree on the carpet. Right. And I kid you not, it was just a complete bare stalk. <laughs> it had a little donut ring of uh, Christmas needles at the bottom down there. Is this, af- I mean, this is right when you brought it home? No, it was pretty dry when we brought it home. That's I don't what know I mean. where they got them from. Yeah. They don't, I think they, uh... I think they get it from uh, Scotland is where they got their trees, and it's, and it's pretty, uh, you know, warm over there, so the trees dry out long before you ever drag it home, and it just gets worse sitting in your house. Tree, the trees here, that does not happen to them. No, it sure doesn't. I've had I've had trees start to sprout again after sitting in my house and keeping them watered here. So, so am I. Thank you. All right, good that, luck. That, that's especially true if you give a little shot of uh, a distilled spirit. Really? To the water. I didn't sure. know that. Oh, give it a little taste. <laughs> you know, start sprouting. And I'm surprised quit. that editorialist didn't didn't mention that. You know, treat the tree with. You know, <laughs> right. Give the tree something to work with. Does it take a little nap after the thing, Christmas meal? I think a little shot of brandy or something in the water. The tree gets the tree will give you a little, <laughs> and just kind of straighten up a little more until everybody goes home. And then go, oof! How long were they going to stay? But as I said, uh, this was the first year in his long uh, first year forever. We haven't had a tree. Well, I think it's kind of sad. Well, we weren't home. Well, for a couple of days, big deal. You're home for the week prior and the week after. Uh, you, know, you know what? I'm just, I'm kind of. I guess I'm kind of irked now that I think about well, it. You irked, huh? big deal. So you weren't there for the day. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got there's a little build up and there's a little. Po- you got a week to get through New Year's. Yeah, your you know Epiphany comes up pretty quick thereafter. Yeah. Let's go. Let's did you, celebrate. Did you, eat, did you have a good meal at the club level last night in the at the wild game? Uh, they got the best five dollar burgers in any stadium I've ever. I haven't been at a lot of stadiums. Any function, any like a convention center, it's the best burger you'll ever have. Really? They also on the club level have a. I don't know a, a sandwich. That's kind of interesting. You're a grilled the, a grilled turkey or something like that. But if you ever get a suite at the, the XL Center, I've never been at the club level. Don't pass up the roast beef sandwich when they're carving it right off the beast. Oh baby! Yeah. Well, it, so it's, you, it's you, shameful. You that they, are uh, somehow uh, you're ending up in um, seats that uh, that I just don't end up in. You know? How do you get out of the loop? I, I, I don't, don't understand that. I'm I always a, thought you were bigger than I am. You know, where do you get the program? roast beef? Uh, that's only on suite level, concert nights and that kind of stuff. Suite level? I've been in a suite a couple of times. Nobody was throwing around the roast you beef. You find yourself a, uh, one of the St. Paul's finest? Yeah. I'll get you up to suite level. No, I know, but I've been up to suite level, and I've never seen the roast beef sandwich. you got it's you got to go out. Not in the suite. Oh, you, you got to go buy out. it? Yeah, you got to go buy it. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. See ya. Stay tuned. The entertainment-packed hour coming up. This is the talk station. When he says good luck, you know exactly what he means. Joe Suchere. Take that down, please. Brent? Hello. Hi. Uh, I got another one here for you, Joe. All right. I remember uh, a few years back, the first time changing my wife's uh, oil in her car. I was so proud to show her my my new uh, car ramps. And she's standing there taking taking a look at what I was doing, and uh, I was showing her how much money we were going to save by changing her oil uh, in the garage there. And then uh, I finished up the job and got back in the car and proceeded to back off the 
the car ramps as they shot forward to the front of the garage and it ripped the front of the bumper right off her new car. <laughs> she just took a look at me and said, nice. Right, and she didn't mean nice. <laughs> no. That was the sarcastic nice. Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you. He's got a point there, but nice is used in a way when they, it's kind of a playful nice, yeah. like, you know. Bo? Bo. All right. No, Bob? Or Bob. I'm sorry. Yeah. Missing a B. I got one for you, Joe. Yeah. And this is almost always preceded by the sigh. Yeah. If that's what you want. Ooh, a chilling, a chilling rejoinder, isn't it? Well, it really means you're as dumb as a post, and when this thing blows up, expect no sympathy from me. Exactly. That's exactly what it means. And you're right, it's usually preceded by a loud sigh. You betcha. Good luck, Joe. All right, thank you. goes like this. Well, if that's what you want, then that means... When this thing goes south on you, <laughs> right. don't come looking for me to tell you anything. Right. So I better write that one yeah. down. Get that one down for the book. Yeah, again, here, I'm doing it. And I'm doing it. The whole thing is upside down here. If that's right. You're Make not, sure you spell everything right, too, please. You're not busy, are you? I'm not, yeah, I'm not I, interrupting yeah, you, am I? things to do here. Cheryl? Yes. What up? Okay, I've got one that's used in what two up? different circumstances. If you have kids and you're talking about something, mm-hmm. or if you're at like a dinner party or with some people, and you bring up a subject and you get the later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, later. Just, just the look of later. Is that with your teeth grind? You're grinding your later. Mm-hmm, later. that's it. You know you just touched that subject that the other person does not want to discuss in front of other people. Yeah. So, yeah. so you've given out a few laters. Uh, a couple. Sure. Here or there. Right. Yeah, like right. once a week. All right, thank you. <laughs> yep. Later. Yeah. It's always, later is uh, is always given with some urgency. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. later. Later. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. So I'll, I'll make that a note, too. Yeah, for you the please? file. L-A-T-E-R. <laughs> and I'll put. Urgency. Yeah, it's, you know what? This is working out the way I, I'd like I know. it to. You know, it's working out exactly the way you wanted it to work out. <laughs> Mr. I'm wearing a lumberjack shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tablecloth. We're t- we can't, we got to go to sports, but one this more. is Here good. Go. Darwin, you're the last one. Well, you better write this one down. Yep. Okay, you you're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. I use there's, that all the time. There's no chance. No, it, it, it it's meaningless. You, you might as well just pack your bags and yep. go to the basement. All right, hang in there. Goodbye. Sports is next. Stay tuned. He's our one and only concession to the world of sports. It's time for Patrick Royce with Garage Logic Sports. With the Minnesota Wild, Gabrick and Park Crisscross left for Richard Park. Now it's Soltak moving in. He oh. Every goal scored last night was a pretty goal. I saw a couple from Wesley Walls Mm -hmm. that were uh, on tape. uh, He's a pretty good player. There's a guy who was strictly a marginal NHLer, and he came here and has done well. He was out for a long time, wasn't he, this year? He's hurt for a while. He really played well last night and almost had a hat trick. Well, that's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
first time they've beaten the Lac Habitants, isn't that's it? That's exactly right. And, Although uh, they've only played them, what, three total? Well, they lost there in December, so this was and revenge. I think, you know, I think they last year they were never in the uh, XL Center. No, this was their first visit here. Yes. They don't have much of a club, to tell you the truth. Nah, they, they don't. You gotta have a couple of superstars. Right. Else you're just kind of in the pack, you know. But it was neat to see that uniform back in the building, mm-hmm. you know. They haven't uh, done any modernization, have they? Nope, that's their original uniform. That's it. No, that's good. That's right. good. The uh, of course the old buildings is the old building still there? They rip it down. I know they're playing in a new building. Well, they're playing in the Molson Center. I'm sure the forum's long gone. Geez, you think they would have just ripped her down, or mm. do they let youth play in there? I don't. Uh, that's a good question. Pretty hard to maintain those big buildings just to have a youth play. Or that's something. right. So, Boy, I'm properly so. outraged over the whole Polad Sea uh, League thing as I learn more and read more about it. Well, John Conyers today is uh, telling Buddy should resign. <laughs> so. Well, I think the I think the uh, the cap or the icing on it is when Watkins claims that every time he tries to get uh, uh, going here with Polet, he's told to contact Selig. Well, tomorrow's the day. You know, tomorrow is the day he meets with baseball people. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, you know that part of that deal is they want to make sure he's got the money and. Uh, and you know, tomorrow they find out. Supposedly, mm-hmm. he's going to show the proof to the. I thought he already showed him his books. Nah, he did. Tomorrow's the. He she showed him some stuff, but I think tomorrow's the day they're going to find out whether he's got it or he doesn't. So, uh, but uh, you know, the hopefully the result of this would be that Mister Polad will say, uh, "I have a hundred and twenty." Uh, you know, I, it's going to take $120 million and uh, show up in my office next Thursday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you got 120 it's your club. Well, the club's worth maybe 100 Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, you're not going to get it for 100 though, because mm-hmm. he says he claims to have 120 or so in it. So mm-hmm. he's going he's gonna to want that much money. So, you know. If it's uh, if money's not an object, or if you want to save it, then you got to come with the hundred and twenty. Let me just tell you what the Ottawa Senators just sold for. A hundred thirty-five. Right? I just read that. I mean, the Twins got to be worth as much as the Ottawa Senators. Now, are the Ottawa Senators is that Canadian or U.S. money? Yeah, I Good don't know. Question. One hundred and sixteen mil. 160 mil, and they got a new building, but they also have a league with no television contract, so that, that amounts to anything. And so. a debt of 93 million. <laughs> Did they assume the debt? Uh huh. No. Uh huh. Took the debt. Yeah. Now the debt must include contracts, you know, long-term deals or something mm-hmm. like that. It's uh, now there's a league that's looking at a bloodbath. Well, the, I was saying earlier to Rook, I said, here's a league with 30 teams. Uh, yeah. Some of them aren't going to make it. Well, they're going to have, uh, apparently, their next negotiation is good. They locked them out. They took the lockout, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Just like baseball took the, you know, cancel the World Series and got nothing out of it. Uh, these guys took the, what, the one year they missed half the season, didn't they, at least? Went to December. Uh, yeah, yeah. Went to December. That was before the Wild were in, obviously, and got nothing out of it because uh, the teams could not restrain themselves from giving 25-year-old guys $80 million like Paul Korea. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're going to they're gonna do something. But you know what? 
None of it works because the NBA's got the one. They, as I was saying this the other day, they got the deal where now they have a maximum salary, right? Mm-hmm. So now everybody wants the maximum salary right. if you can play at all. If you know Wally Zerbiak, who's a nice player, you want to keep him. You're going to have to give him the maximum salary, fourteen, mm-hmm. fifteen million a year. Mm-hmm. So that. You know, maybe five years ago you could have got him for ten, mm-hmm. but now he says, "Okay, that's a maximum. That's what I'm getting." And uh, and the only the NFL's got it figured out. And uh, there's they fortunately have a recyclable workforce, <laughs> which is too intimidated uh, to uh, to uh, really uh, battle them. You know, they've never come. It's the only league that's won every strike they've ever been involved in, and. Uh, they're the only ones that got her figured out. Are you in the office or the Target Center? I'm in the office, and I'm heading for Williams Arena tonight, sir. I have we not, have the Willem Arena. Wolverines. Willem Arena. I have not. This is a. This is incredible. This is January the what, 9th? 9th. I have not been to a Gopher basketball game. This is my first one of the year. I've been to one women's game, no men's game. Michigan State kicked the living hell out of Georgia, which was rated fifth or sixth in the country, on Sunday. Our gopherettes go down there and slap them around and beat them at the buzzer hmm. the next day. So it's uh, Can the Gophers beat Michigan tonight? That's eh, a 50-50 ball game. Mm-hmm. Michigan's got a one really good player, a guy named Lavelle Blanchard. But the Gophers, uh, the Gophers beat Michigan State, and people got excited about that. But Michigan State was missing two guys to injuries, and Michigan State also got beat last night. So uh, maybe that victory wasn't quite as noble as we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it should be an even ball game, and it's in the barn, so yeah, they should win. I suppose they're three, four point favorites. I haven't even looked. And the Timberwolves have the uh, Sonics, red hot Seattle Sonics, who look like they were going to be a bust completely this year. And now they've won eight out of nine, mm-hmm. and still no Joe Smith. He, Joe Smith and Terrell Brandon, you got two slow healers there. Mm-hmm. Brandon uh, Smith was supposed to miss two, three games. He's missed six. And Brandon, yeah, but uh, they're on uh, they're on high. They're the speed of light compared to Michael Williams. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. So I don't <laughs> think true. the Timberwolves are too upset. You know what they never did? You know how Manager Kelly figured out how to uh, get Goosey back hmm. by sending him to the dust of oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Fort Myers? Right. We, they always let Michael make the road trips. Yeah. Michael be there in a suit and a tie and made every road trip, yeah. lived the NBA life, and <laughs> never had to strap on the tennis shoes. It Looking was, around uh, with his chalice and wine. Life is good. you got to tell these lads, no, you ain't going on a road trip. Manager no. uh, Manager Gardenhire was the guy who said, let's play hockey last night. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. He is really a good guy. I hope he gets a chance to manage, and hopefully this whole brouhaha will cause the owners uh, next week or a few days, I don't know when it is, 10 days from now when they're down at Phoenix to say, you know, Bud, this is not a good idea. Right. <laughs> I got news for Bud. They should know that the that the local newspapers would have never dug up this story if, if it wasn't for contraction. You know? right. Nobody would know about his loans or anything because nobody would have given a damn. So. Is there any word from Winter Park today? Uh, not officially. I put a call in for... Uh, Mike uh, Kelly, the uh, executive vice president, to say that uh, don't do this on Friday because the Lakers are here. <laughs> right, right. Uh, just to needle him a little bit. No, but so. you know what? I think it doesn't bode well for Tice. I, I agree with you. I think this means that they're interested in really looking at all their options. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that Red is, uh, 
this red is keeping this as an option, you know, keeping this one out here. But he's going to, uh, I think he's going to look at a couple others. I think they're going to wait to see what happens this weekend. If Tony Dungy's uh, available next Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, I think they'll talk to him. But I could be wrong. The other hot rumor you hear is it could happen as soon as tomorrow. So. Well, but we heard Monday it could happen as soon Wednesday. as Tuesday yeah, or Tuesday, Tuesday. as soon as Wednesday. You're right. I, if I was Tice, I'd be nervous because the longer Red doesn't make the decision, the more likely uh, he is to change his mind. I'll, Unlike uh, Polad, uh, who takes forever to make any decision, right? Uh, Red makes several several of them on the same topic within an hour, I think. Right. So. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, goodbye. Here in the uh, Weather Center is oh, Dave Dahl. I forgot to tell Patrick something. I'll have to wait till tomorrow. All right. A guy sent me some uh, newspaper clipping from Worthington all about the Royce family. He sent you some newspaper clipping. Right. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry, Dave. We don't have time for your forecast right now. That's going to do it for today's best of edition of Garage Logic. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, going back to January 9th of 2002, it's uh, kind of fun to reminisce with some of the old topics and, of course, Nothing better than wrapping up a show with Patrick. So thank you so much for tuning in. Look forward to another Best of Garage Logic tomorrow. And you can find out more information online at garagelogic.com.